When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. So, uh, a nice special version of the Everything is Black and White podcast today, uh, rather than having our usual cast, um, not that they're not fantastic, of course. Um, not as good as me, though. No, we've got, we've got <laughs> Taylor Payne here, can I call you a celebrity? Can I call you no, a celebrity, you can't. Uh, celebrity Newcastle fan? No. Um, I'm not even the most famous person in my house no more, come on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, you're the most famous person in this room, though, so that's uh, that, that's a good one. And we are in an empty room. Uh, I'm Mark Douglas. This is the Everything's Black and White podcast. I'd like to introduce you by asking you a little bit about the um, about the film that you're working on. We've just talked a little bit about it through there. Yeah, um, can't wait for it. But I mean, it's a big job, a really, really big job. I don't think I quite realised how big of a job it was yeah. when we took it on. Um, I thought originally, a couple of cameras, let's have a bit of fun. And then let's edit it, and let's put it out, and then suddenly it became more than than anything I thought yeah. it would be, um, because of the amount of people who were interested and the amount of people who backed it on Kickstarter, and then it kind of suddenly changed from let's just go and mess about in Belgium and find Philippe Albert to let's actually track down the majority of the team from that game, interview them all, if we can, speak to them all, and turn it into an actual hour and a half long production, yeah, um, and do it properly and make it sort of cinematic almost and, and have a premiere and all that sort of stuff and at the time none of this was on our mind when yeah. we were sat in the five swans having a drink after the QPR game like <laughs> a year and a bit ago so yeah it's 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 been mad it's 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 just kept going and kept going but then life's got in the way and and other things have happened and kind of I was made redundant from my job and yeah because you're doing it part time as well like, oh yeah I mean, don't, are, yeah. this isn't this isn't my job yeah. by the by any stretch of the imagination I am not a filmmaker yeah even after I've made a film I don't think I can call yeah. myself that but um yeah so we we've had a few things that have that have got in the way in life um but that's fine that's 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 what happened mm, cool. and you just have to get on with it um but at the minute we're we're kicking back on again our our film crew is back with us after having been stolen by Chris Ramsey to film <laughs> hey, Chris Ram- If you're listening, Chris Ramsey, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure glad you is. got sacked by QPR. No, sorry, wrong Ramsey. Yeah, that's um, it. I'm sure he is listening. He won't have anything else to do. <laughs> Off celebrity juice or something like that. <laughs> God, yeah. Celebrity juice. 
You'll be on that next if you. If it's no. Good. no. Um, do you know? Do you know what? I, I kind of like. I mean, I know we kind of laugh about it and, it, and it is a good laugh. But did you feel a bit of a kind of a sense of sort of, you know, a, a little bit of pressure on you to kind of chronicle this well because there hasn't been a lot. I mean, Martin Hardy's written a fantastic book about this. Yeah, and um, I read that and thought, oh my god, that whole, that whole thing isn't going to come anywhere near this. Yeah. Um, but I've ch- I've chatted to Martin about it. Yeah. And, and we've shared a couple of messages back and forth on Twitter, and he's. He's fully behind us, and he's kind of said, you know, if ever you want to get together yeah. and have a chat and stuff, we, we can, and that's great. And we'll probably end up interviewing him in some shape or yeah. form for it. Um, he's obviously spoken to a lot more of those mm. guys than what we have. Um, and I've read the book, and it is great. Um, Pressure-wise, not so much. I mean, it's our project. We're not doing it for anybody else. No. So as far as we're concerned, we don't have anyone to answer to, mm. apart from ourselves, really. Um, we get it done when it's done. Yeah. There's no, there's no kind of let's have it out for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. some people might buy this for the dad for Christmas, yeah. but it's not that much, that big of a deal. It actually works out quite well if it comes out next year because it's the 20th anniversary of the game anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. We, and we have to get ours out before Steve Wraith makes his, don't we? So. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something else will come along. There'll be another one. There'll yeah. Be BT Sport will do a documentary about oh, the well, it's, and it'll happen about a week before we finish. It'll yeah. come out on BT Sport. And they, they'll have a huge budget and yeah. the full the full yeah. kind of work. Yeah, yeah. they'll have I, all that. What's been the What's been the, the most fun you've had so far for me? I mean, I, we, I've kind of like uh, we've had a little chat off off the uh, off the podcast, and um, I, I nearly spoiled the ending. Um, so I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to ask spoiler alert. I'm not going to ask uh, any questions about what happens. But what's been the most fun that you've had so far, and what's been the thing that sort of surprised you the most so far about making it? The best The best part of it has definitely, without a doubt, been going to Belgium. Yeah, that was. An unreal experience for six six lads who, you know, we had two Sunderland fans with us. So six lads who, are, who who kind of all grew up loving football and loving that team. We're all around about the same age. Um, and me with my best friend, Stephen Best, um, going to Belgium to, to find a footballer um, <laughs> who scored the, the best goal in Newcastle yeah. in its history as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it was just ridiculous. It was it was ridiculous, but it was great fun. Um, it was just different things every day happened where you think, if we planned this, we yeah. couldn't have made it happen any better. We pulled into Manchester Airport on the way out and we parked the car and on sitting on the fence in front of the cars, we were getting the bags out with two magpies oh, just never. sitting looking at us and we were like, oh, it's, come on, yeah. this is ridiculous. So we kind of said, get the camera, film them. So we filmed these two magpies and then as we went round in Belgium, round Charleroi, we kept seeing magpies That's in little groups of like two and three and four. And they were, it was like they were following us. Yeah. So the kind of the magpies keep popping up in the film and, yeah. and we keep going back to them, which is really nice. But then other little things, like we went to the Charleroi game. Charleroi needed to beat, um, who were they playing the last day of the season? I can't remember. Mouscron, Royal Mouscron. Yeah. They had to beat them to get into the playoffs because the, the playoffs start early in Belgium. It's a diff- totally different system. And they won. Um, and it was just ridiculous, and they wear black and white, and and it was and the atmosphere yeah. was amazing, and we we filmed a lot of that, and we just went into the game, and 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 then we we spent a lot of time talking to the Charlois fans and around Charlois, um, but then apart from Belgium, we've got to travel about and and meet some of our former players as well, which has been great fun. Um, Steve Watson, we took us on a guided tour around Walls End Boys Club, oh, wow. which was lovely. And he, he kind of stood and talked to us in the burning sunshine for 
for about an hour and a half and for a man of Steve Watson's I was going to say, yeah, yeah, as a, as a fellow ginger-affiliated uh, person, I, yeah. I know that's not, yeah, it's not something. So he, he was great, we met, we met him, Peter Beardsley, we, we got invited into St James's Park. Lovely guy, him in the TV studio in St James's Park um, and he was wonderful, he was the first interview we actually did, which was yeah. back in March this year. Um, who else have we spoken to? Um... John Beresford and Rob Lee, we, yeah. we, we had the two of them at the same time, so they were bouncing off each other and, and telling stories back and forward, and, and we interviewed those guys together. The, all of the players have been really nice, and they've been really up for it, they've been open, mm. they've been really kind of uh, engaging as well, they've, they've not just thought, oh, these are just daft lads who are doing this just to meet some ex-Newcastle yeah. players, they've taken it seriously, which has been great. Yeah. Still a few that we haven't managed to get around here interviewing yeah, yet. It's the big boys... The big boys are the ones who are the hardest to track down yeah. and the hardest to get hold of, but I expected that to be yeah. the case. How significant do you think 95, 96 is uh, to, to Newcastle United? Because I think it's kind of um, as fantastic as it is, and when you read the book, I wasn't around here. I, you know, I, mm. I, was, um, I was brought up in Yorkshire, so, but I knew all about 95, 96, obviously, but I think it's kind of defined Newcastle United for the last 20, 30 years because we, we almost know the potential of the club but it's also kind of calcified Newcastle United as a, a club of glorious failure, which to me is, as an England fan, yeah. is what I'm kind of used to. That, that's what, you know, the, the reason everybody likes that kind of thing in Britain, I think, is because that's what we are a kind of nation of. Like, we almost prefer the glorious failure sometimes to actually winning, because when you look at the national teams and the, the, the winning teams that we've had, I don't think they're necessarily the things that we take to our bosom, but... 95, 96, that team, everybody remembers that yeah. team. And I know everybody says that's a, that's a cliche, but I think it's true. You know, somebody who wasn't a Newcastle fan at the time. Yeah, there was lots of different things just all came together at the mm. same time, didn't they? So you had Keegan and you had a great group of players who, who were fighting for the manager every week and were playing wonderful football. You had John Hall who was putting the money mm. in. And then you had this wonderful stadium which they built and you had the fans turning up in the droves every week and, and it all just clicked, you know. But when you think about how how far the club came from practically going down mm. from the first division into the second division um, to then ending up second top in the Premier League within, what, five years? Yeah, yeah. That's it's... ridiculous. That is an, an astonishing achievement. That'll never happen again mm. in football because the, no, dis- definitely the disparity in the money that's involved now is so great that that could never possibly happen again. But at the time, it was so amazing being a Newcastle fan. I, I kind of almost feel guilty for not taking in as much of it as I did because I'm I was only 14 at the time yeah so I kind of didn't take it in as much as I should have done yeah. I, I didn't enjoy it as much as I should have done I didn't make the most of it um I didn't get to go to many games because we we couldn't really afford to go yeah. I couldn't really afford to go to the games you know my my dad was a postman I mean yeah. I worked in super snaps in, in the town center and I didn't have the money to, to buy a season ticket yeah so um we watched a lot of it on the telly or, you know, you listen to it on the radio or whatever. I'll never forget listening to that Blackburn game on the radio and yeah. Graham Fenton scored that goal. Yeah. And I was in my me, in me bedroom on my own and I sat and I cried. Yeah. I cried. Yeah. 14 years old in, on, in your bedroom on your own. You shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't be crying on your own in your bedroom when you're 14. You should be doing something else. Yeah. We don't go into yeah. that though. Yeah. But that, I, I actually sat and cried. Yeah. And I felt so... So bad, and I wasn't even watching the game. I was yeah. listening to it on Radio Newcastle or whatever. You know, do, do, do you think there's an element of like that, that? It it'll never get that good again. Is that depressing to sound, or or do you think? I mean, because I think I, I'm still of the belief that actually the the, the building block, that the foundations are in place, that you can never write off 
Newcastle United not getting a bit of momentum again. I think we got a little bit of that in that fifth place season. You felt like, mm. blimey, this club. But then you go back to square one every year if you sell your best players. Well, exactly, and that's what that's the problem. And that's right? exactly what happened. We saw Kabay and we saw Denver Bar, and and you know, and then Ben Arfa went a few years later. And, you know, that's a big other story in itself. But if you have those players who are who are playing football like that, and you're winning games and you're entertaining people, and then you sell them and you don't replace them with players of equivalent value. Mm. Then you're going to struggle every yeah. time, and that's exactly what's happened. Yeah. And in '95, and in '95, uh, '96, they didn't just replace the players that they sold. They actually brought in better players year on year on year. That's which, it. which is the frustrating thing about the fifth place season because Newcastle actually could have done that. You know, they could have. They, they they weren't at such a level that they could only improve by buying fifty million pound players. They could have mm. probably gone and bought the players that they've ended up buying. Now. This is this is the thing when you look at the players who were available and and, and and players who went to different clubs at that time and for the amount of money they went. We saw Kabay at PSG for what nineteen million pounds. Yeah. Christian Eriksen moved to Tottenham from Ajax for eighteen million pounds yeah. about two weeks later. Or was it in the summer? I can't remember. But anyway, it was in the summer and we yeah. didn't replace. Now he's the sort of player who could who would have been ideal to replace Kabay, mm. but we don't think in those terms. Mm. You know, we we didn't go after the the best that was there. I suppose. Tottenham more of a draw than us because it's in London yeah. fair enough but if we really wanted to we could go after players like that I mean there's a tale of kind of like what ifs with Newcastle I think there's um, Matuidi uh, obviously was brilliant Raphael Varane they could have had you know all these players they could have, they could have had Marshall actually I yeah. was, I was told Ronaldinho that's going back a bit yeah, further Ronaldinho, though yeah, <laughs> yeah I but the Zidane yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean Luka that, Modric that yeah. was a big Luka one Luka Modric yeah. and he was actually at the Gateshead Hilton and yeah. Lee Ryder tells me he walked past the window and saw Luka Modric there yeah I mean imagine if you just imagine if you saw that now you know it'd be, it, it, it's amazing but it's um, yeah it's kind of like I mean it, it, that I suppose it's bittersweet in a way doing a, doing something about 95, 96 because we all know they didn't win it but it's kind of like the state the club's in now where it's not uh, let's be honest it's not on its uppers it's not, it's not the worst it could be but it's definitely a million miles away from where it was in 95, 96. Yeah, doing the film w- was a bit of escapism, I think. Um, it gave us a chance to just concentrate on that era mm. for a long time and <laughs> the kind of season happened around us without us really paying any yeah. attention to it last year. And it was so bad that, that, that I was kind of thankful to be going to, to interview Steve Watson or, yeah. or like meeting Pavel Cernicek. Uh, it, it, it took our mind off how bad everything oh, was. It was. Hi, it's Finn Dwyer from the Irish History Podcast, and this is a Staycast from Acast. Please, please, please follow the government's advice right now, which is currently to stay at home where possible. While you're staying at home, I would recommend another great show that's worth checking out. It's Unexplained by Richard McLean Smith. It's a beautifully produced and gripping show that looks at unusual and sometimes unnerving occurrences from the past and present. It's perfect escapism. Check out Unexplained on the Acast app or wherever you get podcasts. Yeah. And and by no means do I want to do did I want to do the film as a look how rubbish everything is now, look how brilliant it was then. It's not a cynical thing at all. No. The, the film is entirely meant to be joyous and funnily enough, with 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 the exception of Peter Beardsley being in there, he's literally the only link to the present Newcastle mm. United that we have in the entire film. Don't think the club gets mentioned mm. in its current state at all in the film because we just wanted to focus on that. So when it's not a case of us no. going, look at how rubbish it is, and then look at how brilliant it was, yeah. and look at how rubbish it is. It's a case of us just celebrating how great it was yeah. back then. And and um, 
I think any fan my age would would enjoy watching it. Um, it's got a bit of everything in it. There's there's some funny stuff in there. There's some drama. There's there's all sorts. There's emotion in there, as yeah. you can imagine. And that's just that's just one day from yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> so so we've and then we've got all the interviews with the former players as well, and 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 they talk about their experience of 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 that season, but more importantly about that game against Man United, that five 0 yeah. game, which to me is the pinnacle of everything that of we that we achieved was that 5-0 it all keep, seemed to come to a head at that point uh, amazing an amazing day really wasn't incredible. it like absolutely yeah. incredible to, to to think that I mean it was kind of the equivalent of, of uh, I mean they were really good at the top Manchester United they were just oh, about yeah. to get to the point where they were like the, the champions of Europe but they were they were getting there you look at the team that they played that day amazing and Newcastle absolutely Man United didn't lose five 0 at that time. They just didn't. Newcastle battered them. Yeah, they did. I've watched it, I've watched the DVD countless times making the, <laughs> making the yeah. film. I've had to watch it, sat and watched it loads of times. And Newcastle battered them that. Yeah. Time. Man United had a couple of chances. They had one cleared off the line in the second half. Um, but by then it was three 0 anyway. Yeah. And it wouldn't have made any difference. No. And we pummeled them that day. Yeah. Um, and it, it it just shows what we could achieve when we when we put our minds to it, mm. you know, and. and the team we had, the, I mean, you look at the team. The, <laughs> you had you had people like Darren Peacock in the team, who bless him was never the best footballer mm. in the world, but he worked in that squad mm. because when everyone else went flying forward and was attacking, he was staying back and kind of marshalling the defence and making sure there was somebody there. It's my opinion that we would have won the league the year before if we'd had another top class centre half. But yeah, you know, uh, I, and that's something which actually comes out quite a lot in the film. You get people talking about the different players who were around. Keegan wanted Des Walker. Oh wow, that, that was be, that yeah. was who Keegan wanted, and Des Walker went to Italy instead. Yeah, and Keegan was gutted that he couldn't get him. You know, that's really interesting that as well because I always think like Des Walker was. Like I don't understand really how Des Walker's not more highly thought of. I think what happened with Des Walker? Des Walker, I think he was a great player. He was a superb player. He was one of the best defenders that that this country's produced in the last thirty years. I would say Italy in a time where Serie A was like the defensive league. But he lost it. He lost. He he couldn't hack it. He couldn't Mm. hack Italy. And when he came back, he wasn't the same player. Mm. A couple of injuries and stuff. But he somebody like him. You know, or a Tony Adams or somebody yeah. like that would have would have lifted that team, and that team would have won the league that yeah. season. I still think that team would have won a championship if Keegan had stayed. Personally, yeah. but there you go. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 kind of like going back to, to to some great days. I mean, sort of bringing you forward to the present. I'm kind of grimacing while I'm doing this. You won't be able to see this. Why listen to it? Grimacing while I'm doing it because that is a nasty get, face yeah, it is a nasty it face. Yeah, that's just my <laughs> general just face. Your, actually, your that was face, yeah. Seventeenth in the league, um, yeah. but but actually not as bad as that. That would suggest certainly not over the last month. Mm. Things have got a little bit better. Yeah, I think my contention anyway. Yeah, well, I mentioned it to you before. I think a lot changed in the summer. An awful lot changed in the summer, and that isn't going to click into place overnight. You know, you had a new coach, you had a lot of new players, new backroom staff. And and you you have to have time for that to work. Mm. It will not be right straight away. So yeah, they've made a couple of little mistakes in the transfer market where they've bought players who maybe maybe don't fit, but they've had a long standing wish to get those players in. Mm. Um, and and maybe they haven't worked out. But again, I still think it's a little bit early to make that call. That, yeah. You know, Tovan, for instance, or Tovan, mm. Tovan, Tovan. I think Tovan. Yeah, yeah. Tovan. We'll go with Tovan. Tommy Tovan. Yeah. Yeah. I think he. He could come good, um, but you've just got—he just has to play games. Yeah. He has to play. You I know. Thought when he came on on Saturday, that that touch 
played well. Yeah, he did. did. I thought he played Held the ball really yeah. well. He, he kept a hold of the him. ball better than, than anybody else had done on that on that day. Musa Sissoko just kept kicking the ball in a straight line and <laughs> running after it. It's unbelievable. And then yeah. wondering why he wasn't getting anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I've As never if he seen. He was it. on train tracks. Yeah, like what are you doing? It was ridiculous. You know? Yeah, I've, funnily enough, I've just, uh, I've just the uh, Y Scout, the kind of thing that, that a lot of clubs use now. Yeah, they've just made a version of it available for journalists. They're kind of inviting a few journalists to kind of come in and sample it for a, for a kind of monthly fee. So uh, this is a long way and a very boring story. Uh, but I've just <laughs> literally this morning uh, got my access code, and this, I am very boring. I was really boring. The people on the on the going, oh my god, look at the amount of detail. I was looking through the match report of Saturday. Didn't really understand most of it. Uh, gonna have to go through it. But the one thing that stood out was Bruce Zoko gave the ball away in midfield, the, the key midfield area of like round the centre. So eleven times on Saturday. The nearest player who, do, who did that was Fernandinho, four, and, and all the previous games nobody had done it more than about six. That's ridiculous. Musasoko is an experienced international player. How is he giving the ball away in those kind of areas? What's he doing? It's I honestly mad. don't know what what it, what is up with that bloke. I mean, he, he constantly touts himself as being a Champions League player or wanted to play Champions League football, but he's done nothing to suggest to me in the last two years that he could actually do no. it at that level. Yeah. And then, you know, however much of it's true, I don't know, but you hear stories about him wanting £100,000 a week or for a new contract and stuff like that. Mate, go and get it somewhere else. Yeah. I'm not, uh, he won't he'd, find he'd it. He'd be anywhere. mad to give that to somebody yeah. for the way he's been playing. Yeah. You know, and somehow he keeps getting in the French squad. Mm. I know, yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and they've got they've got a load of talented midfield players now, mm. and I find it amazing. He's he's flattered the deceive for a long time. You'll mm. do that thing where you get the ball and you'll burst and you'll run past a couple of players and you'll go, ooh, isn't he excited? And then you think, no, he's not, because that's yeah. all he does. Yeah. And there's nothing else. Yeah. Or he creates, oh, he's created so many chances. Yeah, but. He's giving the ball away loads, yeah. you know. He's not doing you, his job. You just need a disciplined performance from him occasionally, yeah. like he, like on Saturday. I mean, that was that was the, it was a bit disappointing because he'd been really good for the previous three games, and then he and then and then on Saturday he was he was just back to his kind of poor self again. Um, yeah, he's one of the few players that I've ever seen in a Newcastle shirt just just give up. I, I've, I've actually watched him physically give give up in a game of football, and that was against Sunderland at St James's Park. He actually packed in playing, and he just stood in the centre circle for about five minutes. Yeah. Thought, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? You really should not be at this club. Yeah. That's your attitude. Uh, they seem but, to love him, though. They seem to love him. I, I don't know what it is. There's some, some, I mean, I suppose it tells you something that professionals like him. Um, where do you think Newcastle finished this season then? Finally, wrapping it Where do I think? Um, I'll be happy with with staying up. I think we will probably finish somewhere in the middle of the bottom half. Mm. Maybe, he's, maybe he's towards midway in the table. I'll I'll be happy with that. Yeah, um, you'd take that, wouldn't you? I would now. At the start of the season, I think I probably would have wanted us to be in the top half. But when you think about that, that eighth-place target that they gave McLaren at the start of the year, it seems folly a little bit, doesn't mm. it? It seems like... It really seems like I don't know what they were, a silly what they were target thinking, really, to go yeah. for when you've, like I say, all these new players, new backroom staff, new manager, and then to give them a target of the eighth when we finished, you know, almost almost yeah, out of it last it, yeah. year. So yeah, I think it was a silly target to give. But did they know, just think? Did they were they just trying to show people a little bit? Like, because I think everybody was so cynical in the summer. We kind of forget about it now. Everybody was so cynical in the summer about them actually buying players. I mean, if you uh, like, if you kind of wrote that they were going to sign a player, it was like, you know, the, the, no, they won't, you know, they, they never do. And no. I think there was a little bit of them saying, look, we're going to spend a load of money. <coughs> this is what we're going to do. This is, you know, trying to get people back on side a little bit. Yeah. And now they probably regret. I mean, they've, they've gone back on it a little bit. I'm saying, look, 
eighth is where we hope to finish at some point you know, in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean... But they did say eighth. At the they start did. of the season, they said top, they said top eight. They did. Which, which is minimum eight. And they said, and we'll have a good run of the Cups. Mm. Now, we're already out of one Cup and we're, and we're in, in the, right at the bottom end of the league. Yeah. So, already things have gone wrong and that's only 10, 11 games in. And, mm. and you know, you're happy to do something to pull that round. Yeah. They've got to, they've got to, I think, like, finally, I think the last and really important bit of this season is how they approach that FA Cup third round game. I mean, they're blatantly going to get Manchester United away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, Man City. Man which, which City would be... Arsenal. Yeah. Chelsea. Yeah, well, mind you, Chelsea at the minute. That'll, that'll yeah. not be too bad, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, um, that would be yeah. a nightmare, wouldn't it? That would be a real... A real oh, but then the club can't do anything about that. That's, no. just, that's just unfortunate. You know, and we've had that a few years ago, and, and we got Man, Man United, you get knocked out. You get, yeah. Chelsea, you get Chelsea, you get knocked out. Got Man City, we scraped through, and then we got knocked out the next yeah, yeah, yeah. couple of games later off Tottenham. You know, so we never get great draws. Um, but League Cup this time around, I think when they said they're going to concentrate on a cup, I think the unwritten bit of that was it'll be the FA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it won't be the League it. Cup because yeah. the League Cups neither here nor there. Really, yeah. it's the FA Cup still has a bit of prestige, yeah. and you get some money from it as well. You know, Newcastle can make yeah. a lot of a lot of money from it. You know, I mean, it, mm. you know, you, you can, um, which shouldn't be about that. But mind but, you, would you think that if we if we were in the bottom half, still looking down over our shoulder, heading towards relegation, do you think they'll still have as much of a start at the FA Cup? I, no, I think they have to. I think they absolutely, they cannot have said what they've said in the summer and still not go for it. The squad's big enough. Their argument for not having a go last last time was, look, we haven't got a big enough squad where you've gone out and spent and mm. bought players in. They have to have a go at that cup. They can't send a weak team out. They've set, I mean, that's the good thing about what Mike Ashley said. It's a good thing about what they said in the summer. They've now... Set themselves they've away. Got to do it, yeah. They've got to do it, and, and and I don't think that there's any there's any option for that, which is which is good, really, in a way, because it, it look you know some teams go down if they get through to the FA Cup final, some teams don't. You know, look, I mean, plenty of teams don't. Plenty of teams actually. Oh yeah, back of course. The cup. That's it. I mean, that's that was it. always the the daft thing in Newcastle. Kind of, I think they've even given up arguing about the cup and it saying was nonsense. Yeah, they that was, it, that was absolute it. nonsense. It they was just it. It, it was kind of used as an excuse to not to not increase that squad to the size it mm. needed to be, I felt. I always felt it was that. But I do think that the transfer window in January is going to be massive as well. Yeah. I think they've said for a long time that they don't get any value out of the January transfer window. Well, I'm afraid, boys, you're going to have to get some value out yeah. of it this time. Because if you don't, we could struggle. You mm. know, We really could. And if we lose a couple of our top players, people like Perez, that you know, there's rumours about him leaving. Yeah. I don't think they'll um, sell him. I think, I think there's interest in him, but I, I don't... I, don't get the the vibes aren't that kind of way, you know. I you knew Kabai was going. We we all knew yeah. Kabai was going. Perez doesn't doesn't seem the type to be one of these want away players no. who who will be pushing for it, you know. I think he knows. Um, you know, we 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 bought him for, for next to now. Yeah, two he came in. Yeah, two million euros. quid. And you know the the figures flying about this week: thirty million, thirty-five million. That's mad. It's mm. just ridiculous. Um, I still don't think he's he's been tested well enough in the Premier League yet to, to kind of. No, he's only got like twelve goals as well. Right? I mean, yeah. that, that you know. But then you look at Andy Carroll, yeah. and it's like, well, yeah, he went for the same money. Yeah, he did. You know, yeah, thirty-five million still now even looks. Yeah. That looks, you know. I mean, we all kind of kicked off at the time, and I think great bit of justification. Like thirty-five million pound for Andy <laughs> Carroll. Bit of business. They knew as well. They knew that oh, was, yeah. his injury record was always going to be something great. to question. Yeah, but. 
Mate, it's been absolutely fantastic. I've Not really enjoyed it. We're actually having a handshake now, yeah, which is just your handshake. Yeah, which despite the fact that, that Taylor's got a cold as well, that shows how much I've enjoyed it. I've washed my hands all time. He's washed his hands all um, Brilliant. We can't wait for the film. Um, and Me we'll have too. to have you back in uh, when it's just about to um, go to the premiere as well. So thank you very much, mate. Let's hope no we're problem. back towards the end of this season talking happier about the Wembley visit that Newcastle United <laughs> are going to have in the FA Cup. Yeah. I am definitely um, a glass half full guy today um, to be saying that. But, uh, brilliant. Thanks a lot, mate. No brilliant problem. Brilliant pleasure. This is ACAST Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.